Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. going in the back with him. Investigators say Bartow waited for his patient's guardians to leave the exam room. More victims have come forward to allege that he sexually abused them. 20 years ago, this predator should have been stopped. Victims came forward, but no one would listen. No one would believe. If they would have did their jobs properly, like they're supposed to do, it could have stopped. But no, they chose to give a sicko back his ability to touch other children, which he did. Wow. We're talking about a Pennsylvania pediatrician, Dr. Johnny Bartow of Johnstown. Dozens and dozens of victims coming forward. Joining me right now, Dr. Wendy Dickinson, psychologist, founder of Grow Counseling. Stephen Lampley, a detective extraordinaire, renowned family and divorce lawyer, Kathleen Murphy. And joining me right now, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, and author of Beautiful Life, the CSI behind the Casey Anthony trial, Robin Walensky. Robin, who is this guy? This is a male pediatrician for many, many years, for decades, worked as part of a practice at Laurel Pediatric Associates with other doctors. And parents in the area would take their babies and their toddlers and their teens for all kinds of treatments. Your kid has your kid has a cold. The whole gamut, and he would treat them. But clearly, there was something very wrong going on in the background with this guy for decades. You know, when you say clearly there was something going on with this guy for decades, what do you mean by that? Well, there were allegations, Nancy, that the kids, some of them, would go to their moms and dads and say. The doctor touched them. Take a listen to our friend at WTAJ. This is Lindsay Kennett. Investigators say Bartow waited for his patient's guardians to leave the exam room or would use his body to hide the alleged assaults. Bartow's medical license was revoked in January. Attorney General Josh Shapiro said this investigation is ongoing and thanked the victims for their courage coming forward. It takes victims oftentimes a long time to come to grips with what happened. Uh, 
for them to have confidence that people will believe their truth and to come forward and, and share what happened. Uh, that's very normal. And that's not something that victims should ever be criticized about. No one should fear coming forth. Share that information with us. Have you noticed, too, Dr. Wendy Dickinson, a psychologist, founder of Grow Counseling, that the victims are now adults and they are finally being heard for the first time. For those of you listening, if any one of you have been a victim of Dr. Johnny Barto, B as in brother, A-R-T-O, or you know someone that has been his victim, please call 412-565-7680. Repeat, 412-565-7680. Dr. Wendy, what does that do to a person to be molested by someone? Your, your parents take you in. You deliver you to the molester. Then they don't believe you when you try to explain what happened. Yeah, it absolutely messes with children's development because it's outside the scope of normal development. We ought to be able to trust our caregivers we ought to be able to be believed by our caregivers. And we shouldn't have things introduced into our world, um, sexual experiences, things that are beyond our developmental level. And so it really affects uh, children's ability to develop, and which continues to affect their ability to develop as adults. Um, and then when they look back, um, as an adult with a fully developed brain, they see things differently. They start to understand um, what really happened, and it can actually be, uh, you know, ongoing levels of trauma, a trauma they experience as a child, and then a, a traumatic experience as an adult recognizing what happened to them as a child. I earlier asked, who is Johnny Bartow? This is what I have learned. This guy, Dr. Johnny Bartow of Johnstown, uh, spent decades abusing children in the exam room there at his pediatric practice which was in western Pennsylvania. He also abused children at local hospitals. He opted, he chose to become a pediatrician so he would always have a supply of children to molest. Kathleen Murphy, some of the molestations actually occurred while the parents were in the room. I, 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 I am speechless. Nancy, you asked who he was? This guy was such a groomer that the people in the community said he groomed our whole community. He held himself out as a very specific good man. And when his charges first came out in 98, they held rallies for this guy. He was so effective at convincing these parents that he was a good man. Who were his typical victims, Robin Walensky? Right, Nancy. The people that he was molesting were little girls as young as a two-week-old. I mean, how disgusting is that? And these women, you know, you think about it as a young girl. You have to turn the clock back to when your mom would take you or dad take you to the pediatrician. I can remember my pediatrician. And you go there, and this is the doctor. This is the guy with the name on the door in possibly wearing a white lab coat, looking all official. And you, there's a trust factor that this is the guy that's going to cure you of your sore throat when you're a little five- or six-year-old girl or younger. 
and then this person is inappropriately touching you, I, I, I can't think of anything worse. So bottom line is typical victims were prepubescent girls, one infant, some boys. That is correct. Take a listen to what uh, the news reporter at WPXI, Gordon Loach, discovers. The attorney general is actually afraid there are so many victims they're setting up a hotline. The attorney general, Josh Shapiro, is setting up a hotline tonight in order to find out if there are any other victims of this pediatrician from Johnstown. Dr. Johnny Bardo was first charged with abusing a 12-year-old patient in his office. After those allegations, investigators say a second person came forward, a girl who was 14 at the time, since Dr. Bardo abused her at a gathering in 2002. Bardo was first charged in January after accusations from a patient of Laurel Pediatrics Associates in Richland Township. Police say Bardo did not deny the claims, but he did enter a not guilty plea in court. And now the attorney general fears there are more victims. He tweeted, quote, these charges are deeply disturbing. For anyone else out there who's been attacked or abused, we will protect you and we will hold this predator accountable for his crimes. Bardo's medical license has been suspended. He's being held now in the Cambria County Prison. Well, here's the twist to that. To Stephen Lampley, a renowned detective, that was not the first time these charges had come up. All the way back in 2000, Dr. Johnny Barto appeared before the Pennsylvania Board of Medicine on administrative charges, not uh, criminal charges, that he molested two young girls in the 90s. But that Board of Medicine threw out the case, let him keep practicing medicine, saying the allegations were incongruous to his reputation. Do you hear me, Stephen? 2000. That is 19 years ago. He came up before the medical board about molesting children, and they threw it out saying, well, you know what? That doesn't fit with his reputation. We believe his reputation over the two little girls. I mean, that should have raised everyone's attention right there. You're, you're correct, Nancy. It should have. And it actually did. Uh, it was a beginning in the stages of being prosecuted, uh, as I understand, until until the prosecuting attorney and the administrative judge that was presiding over the case originally were caught together at a Barry Manilow concert and had their picture made. That's when the case then got transferred over to the medical board for their review, and then they decided that there was there was not enough evidence that it was not uh, not his reputation or his background. But you know, Nancy, you and I both know it starts somewhere. Robin Walensky, I didn't know that. The prosecutor and the ALJ administrative law judge that said there wasn't enough evidence. They were at a Barry Manilow concert together. Yeah, how cozy is that? I mean, this guy had a lot of tentacles into the community. And he, in addition to being cozy with, at the concert, he knew all these other people in the town that came out and did all these rallies in support of him. So he had a lot of tentacles in the community, and people were supporting him and covering. I'm here outside the Richland Township Police Department where Attorney General Josh Shapiro announced nearly 70 charges against Bartow, accusing him of sexually abusing 29 more victims. Monday morning, investigators filed additional charges of sexual abuse against former pediatrician Johnny Jack Bartow. 
Investigators say the 70-year-old sexually assaulted patients at Laurel Pediatric Associates and Conema Hospital. The alleged abuse dates back to the late 1980s, and the victims include boys and girls of all ages, even a two-week-old baby girl. Bartow is accused of inappropriately touching the victim's breasts and genitals. Dr. Bartow used his power and position of authority as their pediatrician to abuse them in those instances, to feed his own sick desires. After the administrative board, the board of medicine, cleared him, he apparently felt invincible. He felt that he could do anything, and he continued molesting dozens of children. In fact, the whole community believed him. He became an elected school board member. After the allegation, hundreds of supporters flatly disbelieved he could be a pedophile, even though multiple children kept telling the same story. There was so much community support. There was one instance where ribbons were distributed at a high school football game when he fought the allegations back in the 90s. How do you think it made those two little girls feel? where everybody in the football stadium is wearing a ribbon to support the man that molested you. I wonder what happened to those two girls. But I can tell you what's going to happen to Dr. Johnny Bartow. A central Pennsylvania pediatrician is now facing dozens of child molestation charges after police say more victims have come forward to allege that he sexually abused them. Today, the Attorney General's office filed 69 new counts against Johntown physician Johnny Bartow. Charging documents allege that Bartow fondled girls and boys, often under the guise of treatment, and in some cases, drawing heated complaints from their parents. We are standing here together in Richland Township to hold Dr. Bartow accountable, to say that we hear the victim's truth and that this person will never see the light of day again. The 70-year-old is accused of indecent assault, child endangerment, and account of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. As Bartow sat listening in court, victims described one after the next in minute detail what happened, what he was wearing. For instance, a striped purple shirt. What the room looked like, burgundy carpeting on the walls, orange chairs, a teal stool. What he did to them and how it made them feel. One victim says she can still feel Bartow's cold hands on her and can still hear that examination table paper crinkling underneath her body and that the sounds Dr. Bartow made during the molestation will haunt her, she says, until the day she dies. Another victim says because of what Bartow did to her, she rarely will see a doctor, and she's terrified of taking her children to a doctor. Another victim says she showers in the dark because she is ashamed. They uh, describe lifelong struggles of being depressed, anxious, panic attacks, distrust. They say, quote, I've lived my life in pain, hopelessness, and despair. They're now adults, Dr. Wendy Dickinson, and they're still 
plagued and tormented by what this doctor did. Absolutely. The uh, effects of trauma can continue well throughout our lifetime. I mean, these are significantly disruptive activities in a child's life, and it changes the course and trajectory of, of how they see the world, how they see themselves, what they internalize about themselves. Trauma's, trauma is significant, and the effects are, are life-changing. You know, to Kathleen Murphy, who is a North Carolina expert in family law, the wife, Bartow's wife, says, quote, He's been lying to me about everything for all of the 52 years I have known him. He spent his whole sinister life lying and sneaking around so he could carry on his abuse uninterrupted. And she sides with the victims. What? Yeah. That's what the wife said. She had no idea. I'm still saying my same response. What? Dr. Johnny Bartow's wife says, quote, He has been lying to me about everything. For all the 52 years I've known him, he spent his whole sinister life lying, sneaking around, so he could carry on his abuse uninterrupted. Even his wife was shocked and is siding with the victims. Is it true, Robin Walensky, that even after he's charged, People in the area would not accept the truth and even launched a Facebook group to support him? That is correct, Nancy. There was a Facebook group uh, supporting him. And let me say this about the wife, okay? She was convinced by these other parents and the other victims, and she was in court as a prosecution witness testifying against her husband. She sided with the victims, not with him, once she got wind of it and once she was convinced that these women were telling the truth about this horrendous abuse and being touched in places where the doctor should not be touching you. The doctor, Johnny Bartow, will face 79 to 158 years in prison, practically guaranteeing he will die behind bars. He pled no low to the accounts, to the charges of attacks on non-family members, which means he didn't deny them or admit them. Take a listen to WSFA 12 News reporter Mark Jimenez. John Bartow, make no mistake, is a sexual predator who chose to become a doctor so he could have unfettered access to defenseless children. His assaults took place from the late 1980s through the 1990s, in the 2000s, continuing up until January of 2018. And I especially want to say how proud I am to be standing here today with these brave survivors. I'm back here in this Cambria County Courthouse to discuss the sentencing, of course, of Dr. Johnny Bartow, a sexually violent predator who has now been held accountable for his abuse of 31 child victims. Dr. Bartow used his position of authority as a pediatrician, the family doctor relied on to treat and heal their children, to feed his own sick desires. 20 years ago, this predator should have been stopped. Victims came forward, but no one would listen. No one would believe. I am relieved that he is behind bars and unable to harm any more children. We've seen that here in the Catholic Church. You see it in Hollywood. You see it in politics. 
And we saw it here in this community with a pediatrician for too long. At age 13, I was sexually abused by Dr. Bartow. At age 16, I witnessed the entire community surround him with support and rally for him when he was first publicly accused. He, of course, will remain behind bars for the rest of his life exactly where he should be. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Neil Whitaker, an elementary school teacher at the Wells Elementary School, was arrested on multiple counts of sexual conduct with students. To this point, as a result of the investigation, we found two students that uh, have been involved and we think that there's possibly more. Uh, so but she was arrested on eight counts, sexual conduct between uh, certain employees of, of schools and pupils. Her bail is $160,000. She's, last I checked, she was currently in custody here. So we would ask anybody that has any, any further information, any other possible victims, or anybody has any information to contact our detective division. You are hearing our friends there in the Elkin County Sheriff's, that's under Sheriff Ron Sup. This is what we know. Allegations that a, quote, humiliated boy took his own life, committed suicide after being molested by a so-called sex-crazed female teacher who allegedly had sex for years with four Miners, joining me right now, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter Nicole Parton. Nicole, I'm I'm just beside myself that this little boy, Corbin Madison, one of those four pupils abused by teacher Tennille Whitaker, was found dead in a truck one year after the Mary Nevada teacher sex activities with her students came to light. Nancy, a very sad situation. Corbin met his teacher, Miss Madison, when he was just in the fourth grade. And now years later, a senior in high school, he leaves town just after graduation. And then he is found with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head after the humiliation and depression of this ongoing sexual relationship with his teacher. You know, I noticed that all the press is calling a sex relationship. It's molestation. It is molestation, a teacher with a student, and not just one, but four. We know that this teacher, and and we're learning a lot from a lawsuit, claiming this boy killed himself because of depression and embarrassment that was triggered after he was involved with molestation with his teacher, a mother of two. Four counts of sex contact between a school employee and a pupil. How often does this happen? She would set up, quote, private reading areas in her classroom that could not be seen from the hallway or outside windows. Having sex with four boys, all minors, assigning them jobs as aides. Then she would have sex with the students during non-teaching hours as well. And nobody found out. A lot of times, Karen Start, we hear people laughing and joking when the sex victim is actually a boy. Weigh in. It's my, in some ways, it's worse for a boy because they feel like it's supposed to be the other way around. You know, they're supposed to be in charge. And here's somebody, uh, a teacher, who has humiliated him, made him ashamed, 
and it makes him feel less than a man. It's very hard for him to live with, and he, he blames himself. That's what happens in these sex crimes all the time with this abuse, Nancy, is that they wind up blaming themselves. They don't understand that they were underage and could do nothing to stop it. So let me understand what it takes for a young boy to finally commit suicide, Karen Stark, all alone in his truck. He can't get over the experience. It gets lodged in his brain. You, you have the neurons in your brain which can't let go of it, and you keep reliving it. It's like PTSD, Nancy. And so those images keep coming back. Eventually, he can't stand to live with the humiliation, the shame, and the images in his head. And you could see where that would drive somebody to kill themselves. To Ashley Wilcott, judge, lawyer at AshleyWilcott.com. Ashley, you deal with juveniles all day, every day. What do you make of it? Oh, this is so horrific. So first of all, she it's not just molestation, it's flat child abuse. And she groomed these boys. And to make it worse, Nancy, she had two children of her own. And so what what bothers me on so many different levels about people who abuse children is they know what it's like to perhaps have children and want to protect their children, yet they are grooming and abusing children. The saddest part of the story to me was that people knew about it. There were people employed by the school who knew about it. She'd been warned about it. Nothing was done. So whereas one victim would be horrible, there were actually for victims even more horrific. You know, what I don't understand to you, Daryl Cohen, former prosecutor, now defense attorney, you know, even if you take pets to be uh, boarded, a lot of those facilities have online streaming 24-7. Why not in schools? It makes no sense to me. So many schools do have video. So many schools have cameras set up everywhere. And yet, it's pointed out that she put this and did this in a very private area. But let me say one other thing. This is, it is not unusual for a boy to absolutely fantasize about his teacher. So that also puts another perspective on why this young man committed suicide. What was going on in his mind after she was found out and after he was known to be the victim. And, and I got to wonder why he didn't get the right type of psychological counseling that obviously he should have had after this woman was known, made known. Oh, I can answer that. Go ahead. You, you don't get the psychological help. He didn't get it because he was so ashamed. You'd have to be able to reveal and talk about what happened. And I have no doubt that that was too difficult for him. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Once they know that he's been the victim of a crime, once they know he's been molested, once they know he's been abused, it is absolutely incumbent upon either his parents, the school, or some other element to make sure that he at least sees a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or an LCSW. It just makes but no sense to me. Yes, I agree. You know, to me, it sounds like you, Daryl Cohen, are trying to shift the blame to the parents and the school. Actually, Take a listen to this, speaking of the school. First and foremost, student safety is our number one priority. Uh, this employee has been placed on administrative leave with pay pending a full investigation, and we're fully cooperating with the sheriff's office to facilitate the investigation. The Elko County School District takes this very seriously, and we have policies in place to prohibit this type of conduct. As I stated earlier, the safety of our students is our highest priority. We were notified back in October of some allegations and so that being said, we've actually completed three different investigations 
on this situation in Wells over the past, you know, nine months. Uh, that being said, uh, nobody was really willing to testify or give a statement that said, yes, this happened. We do so much to protect our kids and to help our kids. And unfortunately, um, you know, somebody takes advantage of the system. And so um, I want you to know it's our number one priority. Allegations that a, quote, humiliated boy took his own life, committed suicide after being molested by a so-called sex-crazed female teacher who allegedly had sex for years with four minors. To Nicole Parton joining us. Nicole, I understand that the victims of the abuse are now suing the school system. What's that about? They are. Um, Madison, Corbin Madison's family is suing the Elko County School District for suppressing or concealing or failing to disclose information about Mrs. Whitaker because they are claiming that the school system had been warned on multiple occasions for two years prior that this abuse was taking place. They had family members, they had coworkers, employees, parents of students who were warning the school district that these abusive situations were happening. Joe Scott, you have children about this age. Can you imagine if you found out this was happening at school and the school had actually been warned for two years? No, uh, I'd be fit to be tied, Nancy. And, you know, the thing about it is this this child is it's over. He's gone. He's he's done. And and what really sickens me about this is that you had mentioned just a few moments ago that she had two biological children. She knew what it was like to take care of kids. At least she would think she did. And these four kids that she abused over all this period of time, we've talked about grooming, this sort of thing. They were nothing more than objects to her. There were nothing more than objects that she could just simply take, use for her own pleasure and benefit and whatever, and then throw them away like garbage. And they're not garbage. They're, they're children that people have loved and cared for. And I know for me, I'd, you know, I, I'd, I'd go out and I'd hire Daryl Cohen and I would sue them for everything, every penny they're worth. That county, I don't care who I'd have to go after. I would go after somebody. They would feel the pain. Man, you know what? I'm taking a look at right now at... Corbin Madison, who is in the picture, he's named the senior prince, like at homecoming, and he's standing there after a football game. Just a really handsome young guy, beautiful smile, perfect straight teeth. And this teacher, this teacher, Corbin kills himself because depression and humiliation, embarrassment triggered after being sex abused by his own teacher and the school knew about it. They had been warned for years. Nicole Parton, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, how was this boy's body discovered? Shortly after graduation, he moved out of town uh, to get away from the abuse, to get away from the memories, um, the humiliation. He moved out of town shortly after graduation. A police report was filed because he was missing. Five days after his, he was missing, his body was discovered in his truck with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. You know, I've heard this said before, Karen Stark, that some people are just too sensitive for this world. Yes, Nancy, and obviously this is this is the case with this boy. And just think about it. I mean, it's it's so awful to have sexual be sexually abused to begin with, a situation like this. And here he is, he's a homecoming king, you know, he's a gorgeous, beautiful boy who's filled with shame humiliation, self-blame. 
it's just uh, it's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable and makes us all sick that this kind of thing could go on in the school knew about it. Horrible. Just horrible. Ashley Wilcott, I'm just imagining the parents now. You know, I have such big dreams for the twins. I envision them um, working through to get their Eagle Scout, loving high school. John David loves STEAM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Lucy loves playing the piano and writing. They love soccer. They love so many things. I imagine them going to college one day and planning a wedding and having a wonderful life. Everything I could possibly do to help them have happiness in their lives. And I wonder about this guy's parents, Corbin's parents, sitting at home, looking out the window, wondering what went wrong. Their boy is gone. I can't even imagine. I mean, Nancy, mm. again, it's it's devastating. And it's something they're never, ever going to recover from. And I'm going to tell you what went wrong. A predator, a child predator groomed abused their son and people knew about it and did nothing about it and it led to his death I have no doubt you know what is insult to injury to Daryl Cohen this lawsuit alleges the Wells High School principal Chris McCannany was warned six times at least between 2016 and 2017 six times that this teacher, Tennille Whitaker, was having unlawful sex with boy students. They, he had been given warnings by a school district director, a custodial worker, a parent, and two teachers, and did nothing. Well, my question is, did he do nothing? Did he do some sort of investigation? Whatever he did, if anything, was obviously nothing compared to what he should have done. Now, I would like to know what type of warnings they were given. What did the custodian say? What did the other people say? It doesn't bring back this young man, but maybe it will stop this from happening again somewhere else, at least in Arizona. We'll take a listen to the high school principal. We started getting reports uh, from people uh, quite some time ago. A lot of them were very reluctant to come forward for a variety of different reasons. So we did some uh, unconventional uh investigation. We did a lot of surveillance and some things like that. Was able to gather a lot of information, which then led us to circle around. And finally, we got down to the arrest. What I know is that he is admitting right there people had come forward. What took so long to Nicole Parton? What became of Tennille Whitaker's husband? Well, um, as you can imagine, devastation entered the home. And now we have two beautiful children who've lost their mother. Um, of course, separation and divorce ensued um, as she was arrested on these charges. You know, I'm taking a picture right now looking at her husband. I mean, Joe Scott, can you imagine discovering your wife has been cheating with students, molesting them at school? No, I can't. And there's so many of these cases that are out there, Nancy. We're just awash with them. Uh, you know, I, I think back all those years ago when I when dinosaurs roamed the earth and I was I was in high school, uh, you know, uh, there were hints of this, that it had gone on, but everybody thought it was just boys being boys and talking like teenage boys do. But now, you know, you, you look back at it retrospectively and you think, 
my God, was this going on back then? I'd have to think that it is. But for these families, it's absolutely devastating. What does this do to this familial group? Because, you know, now you have an abuse, and I know Karen can address this, you have the primary uh, uh, abuse victim, you have the secondary, and then you have the tertiary. These children, her biological children, are now secondary victims in all of this. And I'd have to state that the husband is too. You know, she had been teaching 11 years. How long had this been going on? How many victims are there? This all goes down at Wells Combined School in Wells, Nevada. It's a tiny town in the northeast corner of the state, which shows, Joe Scott, that you know people think that rural life is so idyllic. This, was, this happens everywhere, Joe Scott. Yeah, it does, Nancy. It does. Just like all these other horrific crimes that we talk about, I teach rural corners all over the country. And, you know, I, I tell them, you know, when it comes to death investigation, that, you know, just because you see it on the news and you think it happens in Chicago, New York, and all these other places, don't think it can't happen here because I guarantee you it has. Evil is pervasive in our world, Nancy, and it, it gets in everywhere, the nooks and the crannies. We have to be vigilant in cases like this because you've got so many so many lives are just absolutely wrecked and destroyed. To Daryl Cohen, uh, criminal lawyer, former prosecutor, and civil lawyer, this lawsuit says school officials intentionally ignored multiple complaints regarding Whitaker that allowed Whitaker to continually sex harass, molest, abuse children for years, giving them gifts, giving them alcohol on and off school grounds, driving them to hotels. It goes on and on. And it says the school had actual knowledge, not just suspicions, of her grooming and abusing minor students. They got a lot of answering up to do. I think if all of these allegations or many of the allegations turn out to be accurate, then they're going to be paying not only compensatory damages, but punitive damages, perhaps the hundreds of millions. And they should, because somebody has to pay for what happened, not only to this young man, but to his family, what happened to her family. And it goes on and on and on. Look, she was the cancer, and this is an onion whose skin gets continually peeled back. And the more it's peeled back, the more victims there happen to be. And it's really very sad, but hopefully we can take this and turn it into a teachable moment for the entire educational system throughout the country and maybe the world. You know, I wish that were true, Daryl, but from what I've seen, Ashley Wilcott, this happens over and over and over, and it keeps happening. And we keep having classrooms that are closed. I can't look at my children. I don't know what's happening right now. They even have live streaming for dogs and cats at doggy daycare, but not for students. What about that, Ashley? It does keep happening. I think that we're moving in that direction where there are going to be more and more need for security cameras because even with background checks, even with all the precautions, it's going to keep happening. You're going to have predators. And so I think we're moving in that direction. Sadly, you just can't trust someone. I, I think overall, generally, we can trust people who are in um, positions of authority and responsibility, but ultimately, we're going to continue to have predators. I hope we're moving in that direction, but sadly, it was not in time to save the life of this boy, Corbin Madison, who commits suicide after his teacher, Tennille Whitaker, sex molests him, and then it goes public. As far as Tennille Whitaker goes, rot in hell. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend.